welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota Lynx and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and this week I am joined by CARE 11 reporter Jana Shortle. Uh, Jana is a, is a person that, that I've personally tuned into and watched for, for many years. Um, she's great on, on CARE 11 um, on social media. She's a great follow on social media. If you don't follow her, please do so. Um, but, but she's somebody that most in, or more importantly, she, she makes an impact. Um, and I think that says a lot about a reporter. She, she tells great stories. She tells a lot of emotional stories. She kind of peels back the onion and, and tells a lot of the stories and the emotional side of, of who people are. She tells people stories. And that sounds very simple, but it, it is a very unique um, skill set to have and a, and a skill to, to be able to to tell those stories to to viewers and to people interested. So, um, Jana, I've I've watched her like I said for for a while on, on Care Eleven. Um, I've been a follower of, of her work for for a while, um, and she just happens to be a, a women's basketball fan, um, a Lynx fan, um, and just a sports fan in general. So, uh, you know, she she as like I said, she does cover the the human interest side of things, but she meshes that. Um, with the sports world and outside of the sports world, but within the sports world, um, specifically with athletes, organizations, teams, um, and and on top of it all, she she admitted in the podcast she is she's just a fan. Um, she is a longtime supporter of the Lynx. Um, she's a big fan of Lindsey Whalen, which she'll talk about. Uh, but but she is somebody that has been interested in in the Lynx and and helps not only propel them and kind of you know continue to to give them the light that they deserve. Um, but she does the same with um, women's basketball, um, women's sports, and women's athletes in general. So a lot of fun on, on this week's podcast. Um, we we kind of dive into everything um, with Jana, and uh, it, it was a it was a blast to get to talk to her and get to sit down with her. And I appreciate her taking some time and in telling us her story, um, telling us how she goes about uh, the work that she does every day, um, and and everything that she does on, on breaking the news on Care Eleven, which is a great show that you you need to to tune into. Um, a lot of great work that's being done there and on CARE 11 in general. Um, but, but we kind of talk about everything, um, her relationship with Lindsay Whalen um, and, and just her relationship with, with the Lynx as well. Like I said, she's a, she's a fan, as she talks about, but, but she's somebody that, that meshes that with uh, being able to, to report on, on the Lynx, report on women's sports and women's athletes. So let's jump right into the podcast with CARE 11's Jenna Shortle. Jenna, how are you doing? Thank you for joining me. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. I, so I, I was talking to you a little bit before we started recording and, and I, you know, I, I continuously tried to get a little diff- different perspectives, different voices um, on this podcast. And, and you, you've been a, a longtime supporter of, of women's basketball, women's sports, um, you know, the links as well, the WNBA. So I, I appreciate you joining and it's a, it's a different perspective than, um, than what I've, what I've had in the, in the past with just maybe, you know, reporters or writers or whatever. So I, um, I'm not saying you're not a reporter, you very much are a reporter, but, um, you know, I, I appreciate you joining and, and I look forward to, to talking a little links basketball and, and kind of women's sports and everything, but. Absolutely. I'm equal parts fan, if not more parts fan than reporter when it comes to, to the beat of women's basketball and sports in general. Yeah. So for people that, that don't know or maybe aren't, aren't as familiar with, with you and your work, if you could just maybe mm-hmm. explain who you are and, and kind of what you do and in the world you live in right now. Absolutely. My name is Jana Shortle. I work for CARE 11 here in the Twin Cities. This is my 20th year 
on staff and my years. seventh year, I yeah, have 20 years. <laughs> it's my seventh year as host and reporter and executive producer of Breaking the News. It's a weekly or weeknight show, 6.30, Monday through Friday. We cover equal parts news, weather, politics, sports, anything of interest that uh, leaves a little room for conversation. And this week, it's every day this week, with the exception of this day, uh, I've covered sports figures in town. So that's been a lot of fun because initially what got me into journalism was my love of sports and wanted to be some kind of sports reporter. Mm-hmm. What, why, why this field? What, what initially got you kind of interested in it and, and also involved in it? Loved sports since I was a kid, loved playing, loved watching, loved being around it. Grew up in a small town in the Midwest. And in my early teens, probably 13, 14, I recall catching an episode of Sports Center in the morning. And that's when Sports Center had just started. So it was Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick, those very early days. And I just remember being captivated by how clever it was and it was funny and it was sports. So it was really different than the three minutes of sports I would catch at the end of the boring newscast my parents would watch when I was little. And I just was gobsmacked and decided right then and there, I want to do that. And no one, teachers, guidance counselors, parents took that seriously. It's not really a goal for a young kid in the middle of nowhere in 1992 maybe 1990. Um, But that's what attracted me to it at first. And then through a series of good choices and dumb luck, I wound up at a journalism school that happened to be quite good at doing the journalism thing. Mm -hmm. And while there, you realize that sports was really fun, but it was a much smaller group of jobs, for lack of a better term, than what news could offer. And I'm in a newsroom, same way as today. And there's, what, three sports jobs and 200 news jobs. And then news actually piqued my curiosity more and more because there was just more variety to it than sports offered at the time. So I wound up in news but never shook the love of the games I would watch as a fan and be interested in covering as a reporter. Mm-hmm. Do you have, I mean, you mentioned you, you've been uh, been there 20 years. Do you have a, a, a maybe a moment or... Um, maybe a couple moments that, that come to mind for you that, that kind of stand out or maybe even personalities that you dealt with that have been kind of a top of your list on, on the things that you've enjoyed covering or doing? Honestly, I mean, the last seven years, I would say, have been the most rewarding, the hardest and most fulfilling in terms of, you know, kind of having the reins of, of a show I get to call a lot of the shots in and host. I never imagined that for myself, but it allows the flexibility to do a five-minute story on Kirk Cousins or a five-minute story on Lindsey Whalen or a five-minute story on on something completely different, um, wastewater, you know, looking in our poop for signs of COVID, all the things that we do, or five minutes in a kindergarten class in Eden Prairie talking to kids on should we go to space and what do you want to do when we get there? Like all different kinds of things. So they're all memorable for different reasons. Uh, so there is not one favorite. I think most people and the general public would think the moment I met fill in the blank name everybody would know was really cool. But honestly, it's ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances. That's what is memorable. You know, people out doing the thing, don't realizing how extraordinary they are, at least to me, and telling their story. And that that's a tremendous privilege. So those stick out quite a bit. I'm at the point now, 20 years in, where I could be at a Cub Foods and 
somebody could walk up to me and they're like, you interviewed me when I was six and they're now 25 mm -hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Um, that's pretty cool to see where people have gone in their lives um, to be able to have both a, a rear view mirror that's rich and a look forward that's rich is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But meeting, right. you know, it's hard in this line of business because you meet people that a lot of people admire and you want to tell them that they're as great as you think they are. And sometimes they're not. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Sometimes they're rude. But I just like to give people the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're having a bad day. I, you know, I, 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 one thing that stood out to you is, you know, you're talking about their normal people doing, you know, extraordinary things. I mean, that's, that's epitome of athletes too. A lot of people see them doing yeah. these extraordinary things, but mm -hmm. they are normal people. They're just like us. They're just, they have similar stories, similar lives than, than the rest of us do. And I think that's the cool thing just about journalism in general, whether it's written form on TV, broadcast, radio, whatever it may be, um, being able to tell those stories, being able to mm -hmm. tell people's stories and meet different people. And to me, that's what got me, you know, kind of sucked into it, I guess you could say about uh, 10 years sure. ago or whatever, just I, I kind of got involved in the, in the sports writing world, right? You know, mm -hmm. When I was in college and just being able to, to talk to people, find those different stories, because there is no shortage of, of, you know, extraordinary right. stories and extraordinary people. And to me, that's, that's my favorite part is just being able yep. to tell someone else's story is is really rewarding too at the same time. Right. And, and being able to, you know, this week I've just been in the sports world a, a lot with two very recognizable names in athletics, both here in Minnesota and across the country with Lindsay Whalen and Kirk Cousins both doing the show this week. And also remembering too that there are people who whose job happens to be that of a professional athlete and those two in particular at the top of the game of professional athletics in their respective fields, but that also they have other interests and like to do other things mm -hmm. and can talk about that and don't necessarily want to be, you know, heroized all the time for the game they play. And so a lot of the reaction I got to the piece I did with Kirk Cousins was about what I did and didn't ask him, which I didn't ask him about football. Um, we talked about other stuff and he seemed to have a really good time because I think that doesn't happen that all that often. Mm -hmm. That doesn't say anything about me. It just says, oh, this see a side of a person that may make him more likable than how he performs against, you know, the Eagles. Right. You, you kind of talked about, you know, Lindsey Whalen a little bit um, mm -hmm. uh, as we're recording this. Um, you know, you, you just ran a, a piece on on her opening up about. Um, you know, her time coming to an end at the University of Minnesota and, and obviously she, you mentioned it, she's, she's one of the best, you know, biggest sports figures in this state and maybe in, you know, in WNBA and in basketball in general. Um, mm -hmm. What, what was it like for you to, to kind of tell her story? It was, it was a difficult story, I'm sure for, for her to, to kind of open up about and talk about, but to be able mm -hmm. to st tell that story and then also to you know, have, she has that trust in you, obviously that's, you know, she, that's why she did the interview with you. Cause she, you know, she enjoys you. She trusts you. What, what is it like for you to, to kind of take a step back and, you know, kind of realize that, that these athletes or these, maybe these bigger figures do trust you to, to tell their stories. Yeah. I think my relationship with her is at least to me quite special because, and she and I talked about this yesterday my time in Minnesota parallels her ascendancy as one of the greatest women's basketball players Minnesota has ever seen. So when I came here at the end of 2003, we were about to go into that time of the most storied 
Minnesota women's basketball team in history, the one that goes to the final four. And at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of interest. You know, they were averaging about 1,500 fans a game. And then by the time Lindsay and her teammates make that run, they're averaging 10,000 fans a game. They were the sports story in town. But there still wasn't a lot of buy-in from the traditional, sorry, male-dominated sports media um, in a way that wanted to go to every single game and be at every single practice. And I nominated myself because I was new to town. I was in my early 20s. I didn't have any friends, any family. I didn't know anybody. And I loved basketball since I was a kid playing on my high school basketball team, albeit I was not very good. I just loved the game. So in a way, Lindsey Whalen and that team were my first friend in Minnesota. And I never lost sight of of her and, and basketball after that in the way that it, it really moved me to witness that fan base grow and how that fan base behaved towards that team. I got to go to the final four. I went to the game where they beat Duke, that storied moment in Virginia. Nobody thought they would win that game to get them to the final four. So I say that all in like, I've been covering Lindsay since she was 19 or 20 and now she's 41 and I'm almost 46. And so we had that history sitting in her basement yesterday. She remembers, I remember I covered her when she was drafted into the W in Connecticut. And then when she came home and then, every title season and then every season after that up until her retirement every time she broke her hand she did that once in college i did a whole op-ed on it and then it happened again and then i did a tearful op-ed again um and she watches the show so we know each other in that respect like uh, she respects what i do and i respect what she does so by the time we get to what happened that day in march where it makes obvious sense for basketball reasons that the university has to make a change I'm just, it's almost like I'm reliving my early 20s and 30s. Like, it's so hard because she succeeded every time. She always won. She would never quit. And then when she didn't come to that press conference the day that she resigned, the rumors started flying. And I remember just wanting to be so protective of her. But also, I'm a journalist, too. So why in the hell isn't she there? Is something we? Is there something we don't know? What did you do to her, University mm-hmm. of Minnesota? Um, and it was too traumatic for her in those first couple of days to talk to anybody about it. There were legal things that had to be parsed out and she had to figure out who she needed to be. And that took several months. And then over the last few weeks, there were hints that she was ready. You know, the Lynx had their 25 celebration and then there was way day last week. And then the day before way day, maybe it was two days before I reached out and she seemed like she was ready to, to spill the tea to talk about it. But a series of an unfortunate events, K fan, like they always do, Um, They were able to do it first because they didn't have to wrangle up a photographer and they're wildly respected. And Dan Barrero did an incredible interview with her where she talks about it. And, you know, in this business, it's all about being first and being competitive. But I still really wanted I wanted Lindsay to have the space on on breaking the news as well if she still wanted it. And she said she did. So that's why I went to her house yesterday and we told this story. I'm well aware that K-Fan did it first and that other people covered it over the weekend. But it was important um, that we get on record too and that Lindsay could say it the way she wanted to say it. Mm-hmm. And I hear you guys are going to be co-hosts, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she is, uh, you know, Lindsay's been a critic, you know, not a, in, in the best way. She always watches. She reaches out quite a bit. Um, she gets a lot of love on breaking the news. So I'm not going to lie. Everybody in 
every women's athlete, women's athlete gets a lot of love on BTN because uh, I love them. And yeah, you know, I knew I could joke with her in that way. And it, it, it would be funny. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? You, you, if she wants to be on the show, you, you got to have her on the show. I mean, <laughs> I really don't see any reason why not. I feel like I'm going to debut her at the state fair, you know, and yeah. a crowd full of people eating Prano pups and we'll yep. just roll and see, see how the chemistry goes. You know, I may miss a pass or two. Um, she might call the wrong play, but there's, there's no better trying. time and no better venue. I think than, than the, the good thing about her is that she's a perfectionist and if I tell her she can't do it and she won't be any good at it. That's how I get her to sign a contract. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, uh, you kind of mentioned this kind of feeds into my next question of, you know, propelling women's sports and telling mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, women athletes stories or, 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 you know, just kind of bringing that to the, to the light a little bit more. How important is that to you to, to kind of prioritize that and kind of propel that to further that, that message and that voice of, of women's athletes or women's athletics and women's sports? You know, I'm in the generation that started to reap the full benefits of Title IX. You know, Title IX didn't just flip a switch the next day and everything was all hunky-dory. It took time for athletic programs of all sports to come to all high schools and at the college level. But still, I'm, a, I'm also, my other foot is in the era of women's sports uh, not taken seriously by traditional male sports media, especially sports radio, uh, kind of an afterthought for the papers, the TV stations, the radio, like, oh, if there's not anything else to talk about on the Vikings, and I mean anything else, like what color shoes they're wearing, I guess we'll talk about the, t- the links in the playoffs. Over time, you know, the links even to this day still, and Cheryl does it each game wearing a T-shirt that kind of sends a message in each game under her blazer, which I think is rad. They have been at the forefront of standing on the right side of history. And we see that with the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. We saw that with the WNBA. We see it in their game where they make less than many middle-class Americans being the best at what they do. So it was always just the underdog story, a woman in athletics. And then they behaved as though it didn't bother them they just came out to play this game and do this thing. And that, it just hurts. You know, I'm a woman in the world too. You know, I, I also live in a world of inequity, although it gets better and better. It's still one where the C-suites are dominated by men and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like sees like, and I do believe what I saw in that final four run team of Lindsay Whalen was some of the most remarkable basketball I'd ever seen and it only got better after that and Cheryl Reba always says to all of the naysayers of the WNBA I'm going to buy you a ticket you come to a game especially go to a game where she's coaching Brunson Augustus Moore Waylon and Sylvia Fowles and your mind gets blown and I did that kind of as a social experiment I would take different people because I used to go to all the games back then and I'm glad I did because we were witnessing one of the most historic teams that I'll probably ever see in my lifetime Watch that game and tell me you didn't just witness excellence in sport, something you'd never seen before. Not to compare to a men's game, they're different. But now we see that coming around, you know, that everybody is starting to understand that. And if they don't and still make fun of it, look at the ratings. Look what happens when women's sports go on TV. So it was important to me to be a part of that fight for equality 
saying, if we put them on screen, I bet you will watch. And so I wanted to use the space I had. I wouldn't put it on screen if I'm like, nah, this isn't very good and nobody's trying very hard. It's a quality product and it deserves the space. And if I get a spot, it's my job to use my platform and my opinion to share it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just love the game and I love what women's, you know, I never in my 25 years in news, unfortunately, I've covered many professional athletes involved in crimes, involved in cheating, involved in saying cruel things. I never, ever in my career had to do that with a women's women's athlete. It just was not the same. Um, so there was not rudeness about money or anything like that. And so I, I just wanted to give them an equal shake. Mm-hmm at least on the 30 minutes of TV I did. That's the thing I've noticed with, with the WNBA and specifically the Lynx is that we're trying to cover them and they want us to cover them. And it's a good yeah. partnership that way. They're very open. They're very welcoming. Yeah. And, and that bleeds into, you know, the games and you feel that way when you walk in there. And to me, that's yeah. one of the so, most appealing things. And it just happens to be great basketball too. So it's, yeah, it's like, yeah. You're not doing people. something that's like, Oh, it's a bore. That's not right. what it is. I mean, and, it, and and it's it's unfortunate for them that they already have the product and it still has to be like enticing some to come, but that's okay because that's mm-hmm. that's where we are in society. But I think, I honestly think today it's better than it's ever been. We saw that rhetoric, right? After the women's national team lost in the World Cup, earliest exit in years, and it's all boo, 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 boo. Sure, that team has to improve. However, everybody else got better. And that's mm-hmm. always been the point right? The same with the Lynx right now. Are they terrible? No. Are they a dynasty? No. There are incredible teams in the W right now. The W should be bigger. The W should expand. The W should be on prime time and not play in the summer. Like this is a benefit of everybody getting better. The game is going up, 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 up. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we could talk for another hour on expansion and and marketing and all of that (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, when it, when it comes to the, to the links, one, one thing you kind of touched on a little bit, and I know Cheryl's talked about this throughout, since I've been covering the team too, that, you know, getting kind of getting that women's basketball, maybe even just specifically links games, getting that on TV, getting that in front of people, getting that in houses that, you Mm -hmm. know, one thing she always talks about is I want my son to grow up knowing that this is the norm, that it's not, it's not weird seeing, you know, women's athlete or, you know, women's sports on TV or going to, to women's games. And do you think that that, you know, the links have played maybe a big role in, in helping, helping change Mm -hmm. that narrative or change that viewpoint with, with specifically the younger generation, I guess. hundred percent. I think there are certain, we can look at big names. I mean, we can look at what Serena Williams and her sister Venus did with tennis Um, and women's tennis has kind of been ahead of the game in terms of that was some, for some reason, um, accepted and, and maybe it's because it's a singular sport who knows but with what the W has become and what the college game has become I mean look what Caitlin Clark and look at what Dawn Staley's done in the women's collegiate game I mean that final four was it just blew your mind it was such good basketball this next draft class is just like give me Paige give me Caitlin give me Asia I mean I can't lose here um, but I do think that groundwork was laid with those early 
dominant teams. I mean, the, the W has been around a long time and you think it's in, it's like second decade before it really starts to just apex here. And I think here in Minnesota, we were on the front end. It's the same with that team that I keep going back to, that final four team with Waylon. The barn was sold out and it was deafeningly loud. Mm -hmm. Like 16 years ago, the links through all those title runs and every year in between. I mean, even sitting with Lindsay yesterday, you know, remembering how many years they went to the finals. Like, and it was packed. You know, you're averaging way more people than the T-Wolves are bringing to the game and everybody was invested at the game. It takes time for that many people to pass the word to that many people and for that many people's kids to grow up and start demanding that these sports be on television and that there be no exception. And then you see other things like what's happened in Arizona, right? And I'm going to forget the guy's name and I always say it wrong anyway, but he took uh, the Suns and the Mercury and said, I'm going to lose money because I have a bajillion dollars and I'm going to put them on over the air TV. So as of now, the Suns and the Mercury are going to go on the equi equivalent of channel 11 across the state of Arizona. And his bet is if we put them on TV, you're going to watch kind of like how I grew up. Baseball was always on over the air free TV. And so everybody watched Cardinals game. That's the market I grew up in. He's making that same bet on women's athletics and the Suns in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a smart bet. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think if anything, if you put it on, on TV, people are, are going to tune in. Like you look at, you know, cornhole on ESPN when they you know, yeah. put that on there. Am I going to go try and find and watch that? No. If it's on TV, if nothing else is on TV, am I going to maybe watch it? Sure. Maybe. And it's the same thing I think with, with casual fans that if mm -hmm. they're maybe not going to seek out the WNBA, if it is on TV, they'll stop and tune in. Yeah. If you had a place, I mean, in my dream world, you know, Carol Evan agrees to be the broadcast partner for all links home games. Right. And then you market all links home games and you know, you've covered the links, you've gone to their games, you create, and there's few of these left, a collective live experience. You can't, I mean, you could tape it and watch it, leave it or DVR it, but you create a situation where you could live tweet it, where you could do all these things. You know, we have that with football because it's in essence, your team plays once a week, mm -hmm. but the links play the W season is short enough that I think that you could create a vibe over a collective experience because the fan base is so passionate. And yeah, I would watch that with my son. You bet your bottom dollar. I mean, and it would be so fun. Um, but we haven't seen that yet. The biggest complaint about the links, it's different than football, so it's not fair to compare. You can't find them. Even if you were willing to pay for whatever tier of cable, it's there's a black, you know, the women's game is harder to get to, even if you have the money to get to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as long as it remains a needle in the haystack in the proverbial sense, we just shoot ourselves in the foot. But I think it's at the point now, and we again saw that with the W, with college, with soccer. This is a capitalistic society, and they're looking at it and like, I can make money off of that. And so you're going to get your advertisers. Social media influencers, women are the highest paid by far more than men because women are more loyal consumers. So if Paige Beckers tells me to wear Old Spice Swagger, I'm more apt to get Old Spice Swagger. Look at the Taylor Swift fan base. I mean, women have a space in the social media influence world, and that is money. Mm -hmm. um, so I say that just because money fuels a lot of decisions by people that have it that can put women in a place to be watched. And so I think those people have taken notice. It's no longer what the arm to our quarterbacks, like, oh, women can't dunk. 
doesn't matter. Like if they make somebody money, they're going to be on your screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. When uh, kind of shifting a little bit to to the game itself, have have you been been tuning into a lot of WNBA uh, season or basketball this year? What what are your thoughts on on everything that that's kind of taken place so far? My kids one and a half. I'm sorry, Cheryl. She, she knows this. I apologize. My behaviors um, have shifted dramatically in the last 18 months of what I'm able to see. If I read about them every day um, and I, you know, my show comes on right after the sports segment. And so I see the highlights. And again, I read the box scores. I think it's pretty phenomenal that Fee has seemed to come into the role that we all wanted her to come into, especially Coach Reeve, um, that she's doing it right now. And in spite of, you know, having basically two super teams in the W, you know, she keeps grinding. She keeps grinding. And so do the other players. And I guess my experience with Coach Reeve and covering that team is she respects the grind. You know, if you're playing good defense and you don't give up, that's a good team to Cheryl. And that's a good team to me as a fan. You don't have to win the title every year. You Are you playing hard? Great. Um, so I think that they're doing – I think they're doing just fine. You know, they're a hard team to read. It's, it's, they don't have that missing piece. We lost Sylvia Fowles. I mean, that was the last piece of that dynasty team. And and that was the matriarch of that. team. And so now we're back to nobody from dynasty and who are you? And, and that first piece is fee. So I think they are doing great next year's good draft class is incredible. I'm excited to see where we fall in the draft. I think if we get a point guard and fee gets to be the wing, uh, and then you've got Kayla McBride, who is just hungry for it all the time. Um, I really like Jessica Shepard. I think they got a good set of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we we get one of those guards, watch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, and just the job, uh, you know, Cheryl's done in transition <laughs> out of a dynasty yeah. to a rebuild yeah. and to have the yeah. foundation in place in, what, two years? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just further, not that she needed that, you know, that that reassurance, but it just further solidifies that she's one of the best to ever do it. And and she's also 100% great personality too, to deal with. She's the goat. I mean, I, 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 yeah, that's the glue. That's the thing. Watching what teams start. I remember this during COVID. I watched every game during those years and, and all of them before you start a season this season too. Who were they? Oh, and six. Oh, and mm-hmm. seven. Who are they today? That's not just because everybody got better as basketball players. Sure. She she will change. She will make it work. She'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I remember people saying at 0-7, oh, they're tanking to get a draft pick. I'm like, that is an uneducated way to think about a Cheryl Reed basketball team. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. She doesn't do that. That's like saying Lindsay Whalen would tank a game. You got to be kidding me. She can't. She wouldn't be possible. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know. There's she too even... much competitive drive. Right. She even said at the beginning of the year, like, if anybody's thinking we're tanking, I'm not the right right person for this job. I mm-hmm. shouldn't be in this job. And that's, yeah. that's Cheryl. That, that's, that is it's Cheryl. True. But, right. Yeah. It, that's not who she is. And so that's fun to watch, too. And I like that about the women's game is you can see the minds working throughout. Um, and again, I mean, as that Lynx dynasty had its place and it was just just incredible to witness my colleagues still make fun of me because after the one they won at the barn they let me do my whole show walking in a parade with them they were like we thought that you were definitely on some sort of controlled substance you were yelling a lot you were wearing everybody's jersey with the i'm like yeah yeah and i i also don't ascribe to so 
you know, some of your listeners, that's fine. I, I can take it. I'm 45. I'm not going to pretend I'm not a fan. Hell yeah, I am. You watch them play basketball? I, of course I am. I'm a sports fan. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I have to be unbiased. I, the links, you know, I'm not. I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a beat writer. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember what I'm saying. But it's it's been interesting to watch what she does with each group of women. And again, the W has a such a different load. Lindsay and I talked about this yesterday, looking at the bajillion you know, newspaper covers in her basement and a couple were from Turkey. And I asked her about her time there and talked about, you know, when Lindsay was playing overseas, we all know it was a necessity then if you wanted to make any money and those women played 11, 12 months. We're now in a a space where a lot of women are opting not to play. You know, they're starting to be more like the American professional athlete where they don't have to do that all the time. Um, But when they do do that, and a lot of them still do, they're literally coming off an airplane the night before their first game in the W. That's not how other sports work. So it takes time on the front end. And that has been a frustration for coaches like Cheryl and GMs like Cheryl. Like, how do you start a year like that when your star players literally are just coming off an airplane or the Olympic break, right? It's just right in the middle of the season. Like, okay, everybody's going to leave and we'll be back later. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just not treated the same. And I hope that respect comes from everywhere, from how they get to travel to um, to when their schedule is, to how many teams there are. I mean, yeah, we like you said, we could talk about that. It's bonkers to me. When you look at who gets cut off the roster, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, who was the person from Iowa? Um, oh, geez, I can see her Gustafson? face. Megan Gustafson? Is that who you're thinking of? The center on Caitlin Clark's team who didn't make a team, Cisnano. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah. well, I, we, we watched her in the tournament. I was like, oh, my gosh, I want that girl. She couldn't even get on a team. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's crazy, too, because a lot of those teams, like the Lynx, they, they carry 11 players. They normally yep. carry 11 players. And that, I mean, you're, you're already, you only have 12 spots. And now you're limiting it to 11 because that's, however many players you can fit within the salary cap most often or more often yep. than not. And I mean, that it's just, it's insane. That it, and, and you look at the talent, like you said earlier, the talent that's coming into the league or that is going to be coming into the league in the next year or two, just to think about how they're going to fit in there. It's like, mm-hmm. they have to do something. And it, I hope it's, yeah. and it's, it's been a, a long road to, to get even to this point, but I, I hope it's, it's finally soon. Me too. It's just unfair to those players. I mean, it's not like you can, you know, being a professional athlete isn't like being an accountant. You can't really sit out for five years and be the same the same basketball player at 30 that you were at 25. Right. You, know? mm-hmm. you got to do, you seize the moments, you know? Yeah, exactly. Do you have a, um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Do you have a, a favorite basketball player or Lynx player that, it could be any basketball player that, that you've enjoyed watching the most throughout your time as a fan different seasons i definitely would be into different people you know two years ago i mean Lasia clarendon for for reasons of i like sees like there were, we had lots of things in common and i like the way she played ball um that was my favorite for a while uh on that destiny i mean again it goes back to this like it's, parallel relationship I had in my heart I'm not saying Lindsay shared this but you know, Lindsay Whalen will always be really special to watch all of that over time and it feels like 
you know, aging, I can like look at her career and remember where I was. Like, I can tell you where I was when I came out and where Lindsay was in her career. I just like life moments. And I remember where, where she landed. Um, so I think Waylon will always just be really special to me. Um, I've never seen a person play basketball in person like Maya Moore, never, ever. Uh, I don't know that I ever will. Um, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful, beautiful basketball. I remember my wife would make fun of me. I would just laugh. Like it was that joyous, like what they would create out there. And I was like, I can't, I can't believe how beautiful this passing game is. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's un, it's just uncanny. Um, I am definitely a homer, so I didn't watch enough of other people. I mean, there were opponents I told Lindsay yesterday that I, I will never forgive Diana Taurasi for beating us um, at the final four. I won't. And I get it. She's good. Whatever. I can't, I can't deal. Mm -hmm. I know she's, but so other teams, meh, no, thank you. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think as you were just talking about that. It's crazy to think all the moments throughout Link's history, even just in the Can't. last decade, that it's it's just you look back on it, and it's like wow, that that was that was quite a run, that was quite a stretch, and just just the oh. ebbs and flows and the top moments that that took place, it's just endless. It's, it's every crazy. game. I mean, it just was. It was just such a blessing and privilege to watch them play together. I mean. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And I never like to be one that looks into the past. I want to have a changed mindset, but it was, it really was beautiful. And I'm just blessed that I got to see it. It's kind of like getting to see, you know, art while it's happening. And we live in a time where you fill in the blank of the artist that moves you. And, and those basketball teams moved me. Um, from inspiration. I remember very vividly that moment when um, Alton Sterling was killed and right after Philando Castillo. And this is pre-Colin Kaepernick when our Minnesota Lynx wanted to do something and say something. And it was through conversations that coach had with them. And then they said they wanted to do it. And there was no pushback and no owner say, you can't do this. They did it. And they were unpopular with a lot of people in Minnesota at that time, but they did it first because they believed in it. And I remember that press conference. I remember where they sat and what they said. I remember Rebecca Brunson. And I remember just like that palpable feeling like that they just, as black women, many of the majority black women on that on that panel that night, Sans Lindsay, like there was no option to stay silent. And I, the amount of courage it takes for being a group of people that is mocked as professional female athletes, and you knew you were going to get it, um, but they didn't care because they always cared about doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, I feel that even more so now that like when people say you want your son to play X sport or do the next thing I'm like man I hope he just is a good person and is empathic and and makes this world a little bit better than he found it no matter what the cost it is to him mm -hmm. and that team did that when I would watch them that's one it thing sounds cheesy and that like I'm giving too much power to athletes but that's what they did for me they inspired me to be better oh yeah and and that's you know that's one thing that you know that even the the jerseys that they have this year they're they're new jerseys it's you know the change starts with us and, and mm -hmm. all of that kind of brought yep. into jersey form but that's what you think of when you think of that team too is it's not the greatness that was on the court but it's also off the court everything that they yeah. they did with their voices you know all the change that they they brought to the limelight that that to me is almost more impressive and 100%. more important than than a game and it's why it never will matter to me that if they 
go 500. It would never matter to me. They're my favorite team mm -hmm. forever and ever and ever. Um, that will not change. They, they have my undying support. Lindsay and I were talking last night and after she was like, do you go to all the games still? And I'm like, Ugh, well, <laughs> um, but I told her, I was like, and she's like, me neither. I really like to hang out in my basement. We're in our mid forties. Uh, but I would, you know, she's like, well, I was like, well, I'd go with you. Um, but that's the thing. I'm like, but I would give them all my money and watch every game and do all I can. Um, and I can't wait. And I think next season is going to be it. My kid's going to be old enough where I think I can take them because the environment is so awesome. Um, and it's so fun. And I can't, I mean, I'll cry just thinking about it. I've already looked. I'm like, do they have Lynx jerseys for like one and a half year olds? Why not? Um, that's the sporting experience I I'm just giddy to for him to be a part of because I get so much and his mom too, you know, on our first date. And she is not an athlete. She's an English professor. But she's fascinated by women's sports in terms of like academic things that I don't even understand. But, you know, she has all the love for Rebecca Brunson. Like, and that's always gonna be her flight favorite player. And that makes sense to me because my wife is a hard worker and she's kind of quiet and she just doesn't need the limelight. She's just going to go in there and do the things that need to get done for her team to be the best. And that's who Laura is to our family. Mm -hmm. um, and so for her, it's always Bronson. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, Jana, I look forward to um, um, going to the state fair and seeing the Lindsay Wellen introductory press conference as your co-host. <laughs> uh, thank you uh, for all that, that you, you do for women's sports the links and in, in propelling all those voices you know inside of sports and outside of sports i um i told you this before i'm I, i'm a regular viewer and um i appreciate all you do and all the all the stories you do tell it's all important work so i, I appreciate you joining and and for all that you do and thank you for doing this podcast and keeping you know your eye on it that's really cool i mean props to you we need more of you and and welcome yeah. well, thank you i appreciate it yeah. Well, thank okay. you again, and, and we'll talk soon. Okay, take care. All right. Thank you once again to Jana for joining the podcast this week. Like I said at the beginning, um, you know, it, it was great to, to get to talk to her, get to talk to her about her career, uh, about all the work that she does, what interests her, um, and some basketball. We, we dive into basketball. We dive into the links. There's a lot, a lot of Minnesota ties and, and links ties um, in that podcast. So I really appreciate Jana um, sitting down and talking to me. Um, it was it was a great conversation. I think I'm probably going to talk to her for for at least double what the podcast ended up being, um, or what the recorded ended up recording ended up being. But I, I really do appreciate her taking some time. So, like I said, go check out Jana on Carol Evan, breaking the news on social media um, and everywhere else. It's a, a lot of great work that she does, and you don't want to miss any of it. So, thanks again, Jana. I appreciate it. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy Rushing for producing his podcast every week and, and doing a great job in the back end of things. Uh, thank you, Jeremy, for, for all of your work and, and making sure that this podcast gets out on time, sounds great, um, and doing that on a weekly basis. So I really appreciate all of your work and teaming up with you to, to produce, produce this podcast every week. I also want to uh, bring to light our, our Patreon page. Um, I talk about it every week, but patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Um, a lot of great work that that's being done there on a daily basis. Um, you know, every every other day, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I should say, um, our patrons get a special newsletter. Um, they get the weekly Wednesday newsletter that everyone else does, but they also get a special edition on Monday and Friday, starting the week and wrapping up the week. Um, a lot of other great perks, exclusive content um, that you get podcasts before anybody else. 
Um, you get a discount at our uh, Hitting the Hardwood store, 25% off on any orders. Um, and you, you have the ability to, to submit feedback, tell me what you think, any suggestions you have. Um, and like I said, you, you get content that, that you don't get anywhere else. I, I save some of my content for our Patreon page because they're giving back to me, so I want to give back to them. So please go check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Try a seven-day free trial. Test it out. See what you think. Um, and then if you like it, please uh, consider signing up for one of the memberships. It's, it's very cheap to do so, and it, it also ensures the, the longevity of this podcast and making sure that I can I can continue to keep doing what I'm, I'm doing. So any, any, uh, you know, any, anything you can do, um, I, I really appreciate your consideration in checking all of that out. Um, I also mentioned our Hitting the Hardwood store. You can, you can find that all on our social medias, on our website. Um, Hitting the Hardwood store has a lot of great Hitting the Hardwood gear. Um, we have T-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, um, uh, cutoffs, uh, tank tops, I should say. Um, you can get glasses, mugs. You can, you can really get anything, hats, anything that you think of. Um, you can get magnets, stickers, whatever you, you may think of. Um, uh, it has it on the, te- on the Hitting Hardwood store. And if there's nothing or if there's something on there that you think is missing, let us know. Email us at hittingthehardwood at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's, there's something, even you want a special order. I can do special orders on anything that, that you would like. So please uh, let us know um, and check out the Hitting the Hardwood store. I also want to give a shout out to our, our partners and our sponsors of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, uh, Better Edge and Homage. Um, Better Edge, uh, that's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. If you go check out betteredge.com forward slash links um, and sign up using the promo code links, that's L-Y-N-X, you get free $20 in in free play to to place any bets. But what Better Edge is, is you can can go place bets on on any any sporting event, any any sport that you can think of. I regularly do it on the WNBA. Um, When the WNBA is not in season, I do it on other sports, do it on other leagues. Um, and I really enjoy that platform, being able to compete against others, bet by myself, um, whatever that may be, um, use the, the, their social pl- uh, kind of uh, feature that they have in there and, and kind of talk to other people and see what other people are doing, seeing what they're, what they're betting on, what, what are some interesting bets for the night. So please go check out uh, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. And the second one is Homage. Um, Homage is H-O-M-A-G-E. You can check them out at homage.com. Uh, please go check all all of their gear. They have a lot of great, you know, vintage gear. Um, sports, uh, their sports gear is phenomenal. Not only the WNBA, but but everything else. Um, you can get you know link specific gear. They have links logo sweatshirts and T-shirts. You can get anything on you know any WNBA team you can think of. Um, I have their link sweatshirt, their links T-shirt, and their their uh, kind of charcoal uh, WNBA shirt. And I love all three of them. Um, I'm definitely gonna be buying more, and you should go check them out as well. Um, and also find our posts on social media um, with a couple uh, special links. If you go uh, check out their links to Lynx Gear, Minnesota Lynx Gear, and WNBA Gear, there's two different um, URLs or links there that you can click on. If you purchase anything through those links, um, you can, or that a portion of your purchase, it doesn't cost you anything extra, but a portion of your purchase comes back and supports hitting the hardwood. So please go check them out. Um, homage. Dot com that's h o m a g e dot com i also uh just want to thank you all for for listening i want to give a shout out to all of you listeners every week um, a lot of people are reaching out to me um telling me you know who they think they should be should be on the podcast which i really appreciate it helps me um kind of seek out what you guys are looking for and who you want to hear from so please continue to do that and i also appreciate all of your kind words that, that you do share along um along the way 
Um, it's really appreciative, and, and I do this all for, for you listeners um, and the people that want to want to get this content. So I, I appreciate you um, re, uh, listening every, every week, reading all my content elsewhere, following me on social media, giving me feedback, and, and I really appreciate it. So we're, we're about three-quarters of the way through the, the season. The links are right in the heart of the, the playoff hunt, which is kind of hard to believe. We didn't, we didn't think that that would happen after their 0-6 start, but here they are and kind of floating around that you know, the five, six, seven, eight range. Um, you know, they even have a chance of being a top five team here um, in, in, a, in the, over, you know, the next week or two if they keep winning. Um, but, but the Lynx are turning things around. They're playing well. Nafisa Collier's playing out of her mind. Uh, the Lynx rookies continue to, to do well. Um, Kayla McBride continues to do it all for, for Minnesota as a leader and on both ends of the court. Um, everybody's just, just kind of having a steady, steady performance right now. So um, a lot of fun on, you know, the Lynx side of things. And that makes this podcast even better to to you know to host every week and to be able to talk about a team that's that's doing well and and looking ahead to the future, which is very very bright for this team. So once again, I want to thank you to thank you all for for listening. Thank you all the listeners um, for for listening. Please go like, subscribe, um, and find us on on any platform that you get your your podcasts. I really appreciate if you could go um, kind of give a review, um, go on to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, give us a review, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, that goes a long way in, in kind of being able to share, share this podcast and continuing to improve it from here on out. So once again, thank you. Uh, I think I said it about 100 times, but thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will talk to you all next week. Have a great week, everybody.